Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Switching Stances. I am one of your hosts, Tyler, joined by my good friend, my good buddy, Ollie, aka Gaz. How's it going, mate? Oh my god, you got my name. You gave me a name this time. A real what name. What do you mean? What do you Do mean? you normally give me Ollie? Yeah, I, I always like I'm say... I like I'm just Gaz. No, I always say Ollie, aka Gaz. Really? Yeah, oh, I always... Man. I say it every episode. I never knew that. I never even clocked that. That's mad. Yeah, I do, because well, I feel I'm weird well. not telling everyone else... <laughs> That you're Ollie, um, I've because that is your name, but I call yeah. you Gaz. And, yeah. and a group of us call you Gaz, but not everyone calls yes. you Gaz. No. Like, no, I don't feel like it's an it's... exclusive enough nickname for me to just cast you that publicly. I've got I've got a housemate um, called Gabriel, and he goes by Gabs. And can't do for that. about no. the, f- the first year, I was looking over every time someone said Gabs. Because I'm so used to people calling me Gaz. But I yeah. like having to explain that to people was weird. Being like, oh yeah, no, I've got a group of mates that just calls me Gaz, just by my name being Ollie. Yes, I know. That's. I've never thought about it too much. It's just what I call you. It's what I've always called you, really. Yeah. 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 Pretty, well, yeah pretty much, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how are you? You good? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah, it, we're yeah. in the throngs of British summer now, so. It's just warm. Just naturally, isn't it's bright. I've got a shirt on. I'm yeah. sort of no more flannel. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, love that. Yeah, it's nice. It's the good vibes. And you finish uni. You're um you're free. It's it's good times ahead. Big things coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a couple of weeks of just sort of like being in uh, the city that I'm in to sort of just enjoy and explore a bit. Yeah. We love Norwich. We love Norwich. We do. We do love Norwich. It's it's quite nice in the sun. And we're going to... I think we're going to do, like, the pub and paddle. Um, we're going to do just, like... want to go climbing at some point. Just, like, do some stuff in the city before we head back yeah, when we've not really it. got much on. Yeah, exactly. It's... um, it's Norwich is such an obscure place in England. Yeah. You know, it's not sort of super connected and close to other major towns or cities in England. <laughs> no. It's sort of just off to the side, on its own, middle of nowhere. But it's quite a big town. It's a city. It's in a city. fact. In fact. You're right. Yeah. And But it is obscure. And, like, I recently had one of my best mates got married. And at that wedding, the maid of honour, because best mate's wife one of my best friends, Georgia, she is English and mm-hmm. moved over here when she was 18. She, her best friend, maid of honor comes over and she and her partner and they're ch- were chatting me the first night they're here. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I was just in England. Where are you guys from? They're like Norwich. And I'm like, fuck me. And then I just start <laughs> talking to them about like battle bar, all these different places in yeah, Norwich. Yeah. And they're like, how the fuck do you know about any of this shit? And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I was just there. They're like, why the fuck were you in Norwich? I was like, well, I got a mate, he's at uni. Um, and we, we hung out there for a few days. Blah, blah. They're like, that's so fucking weird. Where did you stay? Showed me. They're like, we live around the corner. And I'm like, that's hectic. Oh, mad. I'm like, what a small world. What a small world it truly is. That is mad. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think most people live sort of on that road. I mean, I say most people, obviously, like... Obviously, that can't be the case, but like I think a lot of the people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot of the people you bump into, <laughs> a lot yeah. of people you bump into in Norwich, live, live will, on that um, road or close to the road. Or yeah, could, or like yeah, 
perpendicular to yeah. the road. Yeah. Um, yeah, true. Okay, yeah. Excellent. Glad you're well, mate. That's fantastic. Yeah. We've How already gone on so many tangents. I'm doing... I'm doing... I'm doing okay. I'm doing yeah. well. A lot going on. Been hectic. It's been a minute since we've done a podcast. Yeah. It's been the longest since we started doing the podcast that we haven't done a podcast. Yeah. And that's because I was finishing fight camp, my debut fight. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was supposed to happen this past weekend, Saturday, June 10th. It did not happen. My opponent pulled out three days before. I, I don't even know if I'd say pulled out. I don't know if that's the right word. Didn't even I happen. They just didn't find one. It's, they did and they didn't. They did. Oh, yeah. They didn't. Then they did and then they didn't. Like that's sort of how it happened. Do you want to? Do you want to go chronological through it? I Take do. Through it's a beats. long story. It's a lot thing that happened. Yeah. Like I made weight. Like that's the point. And I'm gonna, uh, you know, like I tweeted about it. I'll put it on screen. Made weight. Just want to show off myself. That's why I'm really putting it on screen. Um, but. <laughs> I went through the whole training. Yeah, okay. Let's start in chronological order. So I went through the whole... And there were things I didn't talk about on the podcast that I only told no. you and people off, off, off air um, that were happening at the time and things like that. But it's my first fight. It's about an eight-week training camp. It's a lot of commitment. I, you know, I work a, a full, full-time job, regular job. I have other commitments mm-hmm. and I have a personal life. Then you add a training camp on top of that. Like... So, it was a lot of sacrifice. I've, I've got to say, this is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah. Definitely one of the hardest be. things I've ever done. More mentally than physically, if I'm being honest as well. Um, Like, you, it's not even just about the diet. And it's not about the training. Because I love training. I love, mm. I'm a, I'm a, what my personality have always been, my work ethic's always been, I'm just always been that, a workhorse, always, like, we used to have, the old gaming community we used to be a part of, there was so, so many inside jokes about, I have seven jobs, and did yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the joke. I mean, I've got like, my note to the grindstone, I'm just gonna no, keep going, yeah, just all yeah. that shit. It's, that's, it's my personality, so yeah. when I, you know, going into a fight camp, there's two things I wasn't afraid of, like dedication and hard work, like not afraid, not worried about that whatsoever. So when I say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in, you know, to say to your coach, yeah, I'm taking this fight. Um, he expects, there's expectations of you to deliver. Um, sure. so it's not just like you can show up when you want. And I'm not some, well, you, I guess you could, but you're not going to get very far. And you're not going to get much time from the team or the coach and, I'm not like that. When there's expectations of me, I feel obligated to meet them or exceed them. So otherwise I get super anxious. So I um, was never worried about that. And I've done so many different training regiments and training camps for different things. It it be for other fitness challenges, marathons, triathlons, things like that. I've done weight cut tests before. I've done lots of dieting and weight loss things in the past. Like, all these stuff I've sort of been getting myself ready for for when this inevitably happened. And that was the easiest part. Showing up to training. Yeah, some days so like it was fucking hard, but honestly, that was the easy part. Diet, easy part. Again, hard, challenging, but they were the easiest parts. 
the the hard parts were the things you just don't expect you don't see coming and it's the mental challenges it's the mental hurdles that you that you get through and you know what's going to happen but you don't know what it's going to be until you're there and you know i i a week before i was started training camp i injured myself pretty bad to the point i wasn't kicking for a muay thai kickboxing fight with my right leg until like two weeks out from the fight Mm. Where and I that's was your like lead confidently, as well. it's worth, I feel like it's worth saying that's your lead, yeah, you're a southpaw. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I do, it led me back to my stance switching um, mm. because of that. Like, I worked on and filled a bunch of holes in my game, to be honest, because of the injury. But, like, needless to say, at the beginning, like, when, and it was a running injury, like, I just, I love running which is a blessing and a curse fitness wise blessing, but injury wise curse. Cause the, most of my injuries have come from running. It's never been from like MMA, my serious ones. <laughs> um, only a few like back ones, but they weren't like major, major. And the worst ones have always been running like, t- like tendons, m- minor like tears or, or strains or anything like that. And um, they, they hard to deal with men because they affect everything. It's always things that just affect you every day to day. Um, yeah. And it was in an, it was in my foot and my hip. The foot I got over pretty quick, but the real pain was the hip, because mm. I couldn't run with the hip, I couldn't ride, I couldn't do like other cardio work with the hip. Sure, and I couldn't is it just like the rotation? It. So it was just the dude. The rotation. It was so many things. The whole hip was, and it was just like weeks of physio every week on the physio, multiple sometimes multiple times to just work things out until we sort of worked out what the specific one was. I need to get it scanned now. Cause we're waiting till after the fight to scan it. Cause we're like, look, we know sure. we think you can, we can get you there. We think you're going to be ready with confident. You're fine to fight, but afterwards we should probably have a look at it deeper just to specifically figure out what it is. So that's something I've got to deal with now as well. Um, but I'm pretty comfortable with it, that it's gotten better um, or, or it's on the right track. It's still, I still have effects from it like over two months later. Um, mm. But that happened early and that was the first sort of hurdle to overcome because mentally I was accepting this training camp, accepting this fight, but we still were like question mark over my head. There was still the question mark over my head of whether I could actually fight. Sure. And I kept thinking as well, oh, it's so crazy thing because there's so many things that happened later that were worse than this. But I'm thinking back to how anxious I was constantly the first two weeks of that camp because I could only box. I was only boxing. Yeah. I couldn't even kick with the other foot. Yeah, like properly. Um, I couldn't do any kicking whatsoever. I was just boxing. And then I couldn't do much other cardio that I really wanted to work on. Like I had a training regime I'd, I'd planned and there was a lot of things I wanted to be doing. And the first like couple of weeks, it was hard to get the fitness where I needed it to be. Um, and I and I couldn't kick and it was like a lot of checking this physio, going to a podiatrist about my foot, like different little things to work out exactly what I needed to be doing sure. um, to help it. And mentally just being like my coach, I could tell he's like, I don't think he's going to be fighting. But oh, I was like determined. Fuck. I was determined. I was just determined. Uh-huh. To push through, push through. Um, lots of physio. Lot, put a lot of work in. Like I was getting up. I mean, I was getting up at least half an hour earlier than I needed, normally would before. Like I was getting up at 5 a.m. instead of 5.30 just to stretch out and, and, and do all the exercise I need to do for the hip. But then I did at least an hour at night as well. So I was dedicated every day to working on like the recovery of that. And that was a big mental hurdle. Cause I was just like to commit to the training camp 
is really is one thing and do put in the work but when you can't put in the work like you know you need to and you start doubting whether you can do it by the end and and during the commitment you're sacrificing seeing your friends your family like my my girlfriend barely saw through a lot of especially the last couple weeks it was really fucking mentally straining at times and um when you're sacrificing all those things, you want it to be towards something. And when you're doubting, you can get to the goal or not. That was the real first hurdle. And when we started getting better and I had to have a, quite a number of conversations with my coach, ultimately what I was saying was, we just had a bit of a quick uh, recording issue, but we're back now. Um, I was just saying that we're all going to have injuries when you do a fight camp. Like it's just going to happen inevitably. It's just up to you to decide whether, is this something you can deal with or is it not something you can deal with? And yeah. I had to get over that mental hurdle. And I just, the problem was that I was really having the first couple of weeks is that I just hadn't made a decision within myself yet. And that was really bothering me because I'm like, well, I don't know whether I can do this or not, but I just had to make the call. And I coach put that to me and I made the decision. And I said, I don't give a fuck if I can kick with this leg or not. June 10th, I'm fighting. I've been waiting so long. I'm ready. I've, I feel more than ready. Um, I feel like I've been ready a long time, even before I was actually ready. Now I really feel ready. Um, and it's time. Let's go. Like, there's nothing else to wait for, and injuries are going to happen. I've just got to, can I overcome it? Yes. And once I made that decision, I was really into the camp. Like, we were getting into the work, and things started feeling a bit better. I started pushing it a little more and pushing it a little more. And, you know, there were, there were some ups and there were some downs, and, I think it was, I really just had a lot of other stuff going on, whether it was the, not, not even just the podcast, but other just work things or, or other things going on. That, and that's when I was like, I need to take a break from the podcast because I just need to shut everything off. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just this. Everything else that was distracting me off, we're four weeks away. We need to really lock it fucking down now. I'm feeling better. My fitness is good. We need to, but I need to step it up now. And I knew I needed no distractions. So that's when that sort of happened. And then we got to where the, the card was getting matched up. So the way it works is gyms or, you know, and coaches will put in to the promoters, I've got this fighter, he's in this weight class, this is his record. Um, have you got suitable opponents? And your coaches sure. negotiate that. And um, I have a full 100% faith and trust in my coach because he looks after his fighters and he's not someone that's just going to stick us or let promoters fuck us around, you know, and stick you with, yeah. here's their undefeated 10-0 and prospect all knockouts and you've never had a fight yeah. before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my coach is like, you're not fucking taking that. Well, fuck that. He's been around the game for a very long time in Australia and martial arts and fight world. Everyone knows everyone. You know what I mean? I think I talked about it once before, you know, where one of my martial arts inspirations, heroes, idols, John Wayne Parr. Like, he was he's 15-time Muay Thai world champion. And at cornering one of my teammates, we're just walking down to my coach and he goes, oh, hey, John, how's it going? And I just turned and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, in my head, right? I was like, that's fucking John yeah. Wayne Parr right next to me and he's cornering his fighter that's fighting right before you know what i mean like it's just yeah. crazy how, how it all sort of goes down and going to eternal my teammates are fighting and there's eugene bearman and joe lopez cornering you know city kickboxing guys it's just like yeah. everyone knows everyone that's the game um but it was getting to the point of these anyway this card's getting matched up and um we're just sort of waiting to hear, oh, yep, your opponent's locked down. They've got this many fights. This is sort of like a brief about them. And um, 
you just sort of get an idea in your head. You're like, okay, cool. We're on. Mm. This is sort of like what to expect a little bit. You just you can just able to print it in your head, um, and then four of us were supposed to fight on uh, four of my teammates, including me. We're supposed to fight on this card. Um, yeah. Three of them get told, "Yes, you're matched," and then my coach goes to me, "You yeah. have not got a match," and I was like, nice. "Oh, oh," and I'm like, "Do you mean like just right now, or like at all?" And he goes, "Oh, no, no, I should be fine," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." No worries. This is normal. And mm. then I just thought about it overnight. This is like on a Monday, like four weeks out, probably um, maybe even less, maybe like three weeks out, but I think it was like four weeks out and it's a Monday and I'm thinking about it overnight and I think about it all day Tuesday and then I get to training and I'm thinking about it more. And then I question it a little bit. I'm like, coach, when you say you can't find a match, what does that mean? Like what, what's the process? What are you doing? What do you do now? And he's like, well, there's not many people in your weight class. And the people that are, it's a different experience level. Like, I'm not matching up with any of those people. And there was, fuck all. There's like two people. It was like a title fight at my weight class. That was it. Sure. Um, and just, you know, first fight. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it was just, yeah, anyway. He goes, no, there's just, there's no one right now. I'm like, oh, is that... Normal? He goes, that oh, happens, you know, and you know, and then you you go to the next one. I'm like, whoa, 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 what do you mean you go to the next one? What do you mean the next card, like the next event? And he goes, yeah, mm-hmm. like you're just not on this one. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's a thing. That's an option, and of course it is. But in my brain, I'm like, yeah. that never crossed my mind. That never crossed my mind of happening. And then, and I'm like, so do I just like? what do I do? He's like, you just, you wait. He's like, think people can pull out week of people can get added in. I'll ask around mm. promoters asking around. Someone might come up, you don't know. So I'm like, so I'm staying in training camp, even though I don't have an opponent and we have no idea whether I will get an opponent. You want to talk about deciding mentally, whether the sacrifice you're making is worth it. That's where it really started for me. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought the injury was fucking with my brain. Try. I'm not seeing my friends. I'm not seeing my missus i'm not seeing my family i'm spending all my days at work and when i and as soon as i finish work i go to training and i'm there till late and then i have Mm -hmm. time to get home eat a meal of food that sure is good but it's fucking no cheat meals you know what i mean like we're dieting um and uh, in training camp and then you go to bed and repeat and then in your weekend your body's fucked and you can't do that much and yeah. I was just, and I'm like, okay, so I'm doing all of this and I actually might not even fight anyway. Didn't even consider that happening. I get like, I get opponents could pull out, but I still just didn't think not even getting a shot was an option. And that crushed me for a few days, maybe even a week. Yeah. It was fucking really difficult to keep going. And I had to have regular conversations to be, like, and it was a conversation I needed to bring up just because I needed to get kicked up my ass because that's what I need. And my coach delivers that when I'm like this, I'm like, oh, I just needed to be like, just fucking keep going. Just suck it up. Keep going type thing in better words than that. But ultimately sure. I just need to kick up the ass at times. And then we get to like two weeks before and I finally asked the question. I'm like, okay, 
at what point do we call it? Because as of Sunday, as in a week from where I was, probably the Monday now, with less than two weeks to go, as of Sunday, mm-hmm. I have to start water loading for a weight cut. I'm not doing a fucking weight cut if I don't have an opponent, is all I was thinking in my brain. And in his yeah. brain, he's thinking, yes, you fucking are. Like, you <laughs> know, like, this is the game. This is the fighter game. And he's right. And I, again, I just needed that kick up the ass. But for a few days, I'm like, what the, and when are we calling? He's like, as late as possible. If we don't have someone by the weekend, we'll call it. But I'd still like you to do the weight cut. Because it'd be good to know how low can you get? Can we get you to a lower weight class? Is that the right weight class? Can you make that weight? All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was going to fight 72 kilos. Why that is? Because I didn't want to cut all the way to 70, which is an MMA weight. We could sort of nominate different weights and in Muay Thai, there's a bit more range there. But if it was MMA, welterweight is 77 kilograms. Lightweight, 155 pounds, is 70.3 kilograms or thereabouts. Sure. Um, so I was going to fight Muay Thai at 72, just so I didn't have to stress too much about a big weight cut or anything for my first sure. fight. But it's something I felt like I could comfortably... Never done it, but I felt like I could comfortably make. Lowest I'd gotten in a practice weight cut was 73, but that was really short notice. I was heavier than I was at the, at the time of training camp. Like, I'm that was, I'm in way more consistent training shape now. So, it, I wasn't too worried. Anyway, I'd gotten to 73 is where I'd gotten to. But uh, we get to Friday. And I want to point out that that day I'd actually eaten a cheat meal. Because I thought, there's just no way. There's just no way. And it wasn't anything too bad. I think it was like, I had some chips. With some, that, with like, with like chicken. Is that fries or is that crisps? That's fries, right? Not, not crisps, it was like fries, but like chunky. Yeah. Not, not okay. fries, yeah, yeah. but like, you know, like no, fish yeah, and chip type you know chips. I mean. I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah, t- totally. Totally. Yeah. For our American listeners. Um, yeah, so... um. Because I was just like, this is no chance. And here we are. I'm at work on Friday. And this is a Thursday night I have this meal. Work on Friday. My coach calls mm. me at work around lunchtime. And he goes, do you want a box? <laughs> and I said, what? Yeah. He goes, do you want a box? I've got I've got a guy that that's a bit lighter, but is happy with 72 kilos. And he wants to box. And I... I go, and you've got to understand, these are the, this is why I have my coach, this is why I trust my coach to find me opponents, because, and I didn't know, like, I know, I know I'm like this, I've always known I'm this sort of person, but I feel weird talking about it in this way, but, I'll, maybe this is a better way to explain it. Anyone that fights, or a fighter, or that's supposed to be fighting, if you ask them, Oh, what weight class do you want to fight at? Or they're this weight, does that matter? The answer is I don't give a fuck what they weigh and I don't give a fuck about their record. I'll fight anyone. That's the mm. answer. That's yeah. the answer that they'll give. And I had conversations where that's what I was saying. I'm like, I don't care what they weigh. doesn't matter to me. I, that record, who cares? That's fine. I'll fight them. Like that's, but that's why I have a coach there that has my best interest at heart that goes, no, 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 you're not. And I'm like, yeah, no doubt. True. Like, yeah. 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 But in my head, I'm like, I don't give a shit. So I had to ask by this point, I'm now a week out from the fight or eight days out from the fight. He goes, do you want a box? 
I go, in my head, I'm thinking, I don't care. Whatever it takes to get yeah, me that far. Sure. But my, I asked the question, I said to him, what do you think? He goes, it's a fight. And I said, it's a fight. It's better than nothing. Yeah, I haven't yeah, been training sure. to box. Different sport, same event. Someone yeah. just would be hybrid rules with with boxing only. Essentially, would be what it is because there was some you what know you, K1 you rule rules. sets. Because it's a Muay Thai event, but there's like some fights with K one, some fights with amateur with like elbow pads and knee, and shin sure. guard. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they they can do those sorts of rules if the gyms and fighters agree to it. And there sure. was I think two just boxing fights early on in the card or, or at least one that I saw on, on the on the um, schedule so not like super abnormal just kind of abnormal and I was like fuck it I haven't been getting ready for it I'm like okay and, and it's Friday Friday's our sparring night um, mm-hmm. so I'm like righto so he goes alright so as soon as you get in tonight we're just going to do boxing rounds we're just going to put guys in with you and you're just going to box them and I'm like okay so we became a boxer for a week um mm. and luckily um luckily i'd had a hip injury where do you know what i was doing for a lot of it boxing yeah right so like and i remember having this thought during the injury i'm like and and you know teammates and people said oh you know it gives you a chance to work on other things and i said no you're right no n- n- no doubt 100 percent, you're correct and I, but I also thought beyond that, I'm like, this was a mental hurdle I had to overcome more than it was a physical hurdle. It was a mental hurdle I had to overcome early in the camp. And I asked myself, I'm like, I wonder what this will pay dividends in later. And then when this came up, I was like, mm. oh, it was this. And I started doing some boxing rounds and the first couple rounds were terrible because all I'm doing is overthinking because I haven't been boxing. Sure. And now you're telling yeah. me I'm going to fight someone in a boxing fight. And I reckon the first four rounds I did, I'm like, I'm thinking too much. And my coach goes, no shit. Because you have to change your range, you have to change, yeah, so, like yeah. a little, a little bit of your stance, and then I had to Can just I come be to the completely honest with you. Yeah, yeah, go on. When you messaged me and said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna box," I was, I was worried, and I yeah. don't mean that as in, I don't think you get seriously hurt. Yeah, I think you're like, I like, I know, I like, I man, I've seen you spar. Like, I know you're good, but yeah. a lot of your game is keeping range with kicks. Hey, hey, let's and... not get, let's give away my game. Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, 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 I know. You know, I'm joking. I'm joking. But you you do a lot of work with your kicks. I do. Um, and so being told that you can't use them and that yeah. you have to box against someone who presumably is a boxer. Yeah, yeah. You would think. That apparently wasn't. Like, apparently wasn't. wasn't. There's reasons I'm not going to say on because I don't want to talk bad about a gym. But yeah, you know, but okay. I had some, you know, I was a bit skeptical. I was I was confident okay. when I heard this. Is all I'm saying. Okay. Is well, I got then, I got confidence. Assuage concerns. Yes, but yes. Sorry, but I know what you, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. It's a very but, different. Sport. But I asked. I'm like, are they a boxer? I'm like, no, they're a Muay Thai fighter. But this gym X Y Z story. And I'm like, oh. And then my coach goes, and by the end, look, I, I just go by with my coach. He's so experienced, fought for a long time himself and trained people for two decades, like with fighting. And sure. he just, I, I have a lot of trust in him. And when he says to me, 
after that first Friday sparring session, he goes, oh, I'm not worried. Okay. And I was like, yeah. oh, because I thought I did terrible. Like, you know, but like he, he, he goes, well, I'm not worried. And then he, we came up with a bit of a game plan. I don't want to say because mm-hmm. yeah, I may use it. Um, but we came up with a bit of a game plan for m- how to use my game well in this mm-hmm. situation. Um, and then I felt confident. And and to be fair, like I did get in a flow. I, and by fight yeah. week, I was doing sessions just boxing, bro. And I was like, there's no way I'm losing. There's no yeah. way I'm losing. I'm like, my boxing's so fucking good. And the, the way I use... There's, there's a, the reason there's a name of this podcast and well, there's a reason the name is what it is partly. Mm. And that came into my game a lot really well, especially because of not, no threat of getting kicked as well. Yeah. So there were things that I was working on that for a first fight versus a first fight, because this was going to be this guy's first fight as well, experience to experience, that I was going to be able to like do very well. And I was at least very confident in if it was his first fight too. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, yeah, the first few rounds were tough to get into, but when I let go of like thinking too much and trying too hard, and I'm like, just be me. Because you can't in eight days become a boxer. You can't do it. So don't do it. Just do what you know. And I just let it happen. And and I I got, and I I felt really good. Like my fitness was, yeah, like my fitness was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like it it was very clearly best shape of your life. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And uh, like, again, I've seen some sparring footage and there was no point like, watching the sparring footage there was nothing that i was like oh that's a bit rough everything i was like oh he's winning he's got this <laughs> you know i like yeah. I'm, obviously i like i'd yeah it's I'd just say, sparring I'd but say, i know what you're saying I'd say it was I just mean it yeah like, no i sent you a lot of stuff just yeah. purely because like I, I wanted second opinions and i because i would watch it back because i didn't see see it to like go oh man how good do i look it was like Mm, what can I work on? Because I always think I look shit every time I get a video sure. myself and I just pick it apart. But I send it to you to be like, one, you'll be honest with me. So if it is bad, yeah. you'll say it's bad. But if it's good, you'll say it's good. And sometimes I actually needed to hear you say, oh, bro, this is really, this is really good. I'm like, that is really good. You're right. <laughs> you know, just because I'm not going to pat myself on the back and I'm never going to sure. say anything yeah. nice about it. Um, but it was, it was, it was, man, it was a challenging process to get, to that point and just accept okay we're boxing now and i started the weight cut and i get sick wake up saturday morning seven days before yeah. the fight Super oh, i forgot sick. about this i forgot about it too yeah. bro it's been a hectic couple of weeks it's been fucked if i'm being totally honest with you it's been absolutely fucked um and i got i woke up sick and i was like you've got to be fucking kidding me i'm like have you've you've got to be fucking kidding me seven days from the fight and then like i didn't train for four days and I was sick and I was started the weight mm-hmm. cut. Started water loading, eight liters of water a day on the Sunday. Didn't train on Monday. Get to Tuesday. And I was going to have the Saturday off training anyway. That was going to be my rest day. Or no, sorry. I was going to have the Sunday off. But I didn't train Saturday, Sunday. And then Monday I thought maybe I'll go back. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to call it one day. So three days I didn't train. And 
Tuesday felt good and did a big session felt really good um, so I, I got a lot of confidence back thank god but it was just another mental thing of like holy fuck I'm even sick um, and my coach just say about this boxing fight he's like yep 95% all locked in should be good I was like oh sweet but not 100 mm-hmm. but not 100 no and then we get to and by this point I've, I've like okay it's sure enough that I'm like I can tell people told my parents friends people are coming to this event you know like yeah. it's I'm telling everyone I'm tweeting about it I'm putting it out there that's how sure I was that I was fighting even though I was just boxing and how did I feel about it being boxing like the truth is I, I one of my best friends in the world David Jerome for those that don't know he was overseas and he was going to come back and when I said I didn't have a fight he goes can I do you mind if I stay an extra week because he's with his, his his girlfriend and I said bro stay do it don't, you don't need to come back for me. I'm not fighting. Then when I got the boxing fight, I still said to him, stay. It's just boxing. Mm-hmm. It's not real. You know what I mean? Like, it's good. It's a sure. fight. It's great. I'm excited to get in there. I know, I, I'm fully confident I'm going to win. But it's not me. And I wouldn't be yeah, beating you, myself up if I lost a decision or something in boxing because I'm like, it's not even no. my fucking sport. You know? Like, and it's not my game. It's not. But I was still 100% confident I was going to win. But I just yeah. knew in my heart of hearts, I'm like, I'm not going to destroy myself if I lost this. I'm just, no. I'm going to give this my all. And I, because of that, I expect to win. But there was just this like fun of it that was lesser. Because I'm like, I really would have loved to have been able to show my full game to my friends and family when yeah, I work on. Because sure. boxing is not going to be able to show that to them is more what I felt like. Um, yeah. And that took a bit away of it. Because part of, you know, I'm not... I'm fighting to win, but winning wins and losses don't really matter to me. I do this because I love no, the sport yeah. and I work really hard. And my coach had a conversation with me and said it to me during the camp in one of our many conversations that we had. And it was good to be able to get not only close to my teammates, but close to my coach going through this process. Cause it was, you know, you get very close to your teammates mm. um, during most especially fight camps the amount of time you spend with each other i was spending more time with them than i was with my girlfriend you know <laughs> it's normal with yeah. work but i never expected to have two parts of my life i'm seeing more than like my girlfriend and like my friends yeah. and it was just like felt like i had two jobs at at that time and um it was fucking tough but you get close with them and there's a camaraderie there and it's special and i love it and that's the reason you love it and that's the reason you do it is for that the sense of purpose, the goals, and and the reason I wanted to fight wasn't to win or glory. It's because I'm like, I think I'm good enough. I think I can. It's a challenge. I love challenges. It'd be fucking awesome. And I want to show my friends and family. I want them to be there. I was telling everybody. I don't care if I... I didn't care about losing in front of my friends and family. I don't care about no. that shit. I'm like, I know I'm good enough to do this and I'm not going to fucking go out there and embarrass myself. And I'm just going to give this my all and I want to show everyone what I've worked on. I want to show everyone what I can do. And I think it's fucking sick, sick thing to show your friends. One of my yeah. teammates debuted on the weekend and so many of his fucking mates came and he didn't get the decision, but fuck, he fought his heart out. And do you think any of his friends cared? One of their mates just fucking fought for the first time. They all were just like, that's fucking badass as fuck. And you did fucking awesome. And he did fucking awesome. Like it was a close fucking fight, you know? And he, and he can be proud yeah. of that. And no one was treating him like he lost. No. You know, they were, the boys are getting around him. I'm like that. And that's what it's like at this, at this level, you know, 
my debut fight would have been just my friends, my family, people I care about there to support me, get around me, win or lose. And just yeah. to be to see what I can do, I know stepping in there, I've already won. Like, that's my mindset. But I'm also super competitive. So yeah. I, I I also, half of me expects more and, and would want more, as we all do. So it's it's an exhilarating thing. And my coach said to me, he's like, well, I know you're not one and done. And, and I always sort of thought, I didn't think I, I don't think I am now. And I didn't think I was going into this camp, but used to think I'd always would be a one and done. But I asked him, like, yeah, why, I why? Early, early days, you're talking about that. And you're being like, I just want to do it once to prove to myself that I sort of can. Yeah, but then when you immerse yourself in it so much. Oh, yeah. And you no, really can, know that I, you can do it. You're like, well, there's no way I'm just doing this once. This, I, this is too fun. This is too yeah, much fun. Yeah, like, it got to a point where I was like, he's doing, he's having more of these. Yeah. For sure. And there's not a question. Like, my plan yeah. was have this fight and fight again in December and do a, an, another Muay Thai fight in December and then do a bunch mm-hmm. of grappling and wrestling over the next couple of months. But then I'm going to Hawaii on a big trip in September, which is when another fight card was going to be. So I wasn't going to be able to do that. So I was like, well, let's not worry about another Muay Thai fight and training camps. Let's just spend time with friends, spend time with family, spend time with a girlfriend, but still be training. And let's do some, like, grappling comp stuff. You're not like... yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, wins and losses doesn't matter. I'm just getting the experience for grappling for when I eventually fight MMA in that competitive setting. Do everything, all the different elements of MMA individually competitively before you end up putting it all together in an MMA fight. So nothing's sort of that mentally surprising for you there. Like that's a part of our process to get to an MMA fight for me and, and you know, our team, a lot of, a lot of us. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, this will be great. Um, and that's still the plan now. You know what I mean? Even though the fight didn't happen, I'm like, well, I, I have other things in my life to focus on at the moment. I'm not going to go straight back into another training camp. I'll be training sure. and I'd love to do some more grappling and stuff, focus on that. But yeah, definitely not one and done. And, you know, my coach said to me, he goes, well, it's because you're a, you're a grinder. He's like, oh, there's people way more talented than you that come in here and do one fight, but they don't, but they don't have the grind to keep going. And they could have been something amazing, but they just don't have the work ethic. And he's like, well, that's what you've got. And that's yeah. what my teammates have too. We're just, we're just fucking, we love the grind of training as yeah. much as we even complain about it. And I yeah, can and you always have in every, in every fucking aspect of your life, you've loved, I think owning it is probably how I'd put it. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think is quite core to you. Mm, interesting. Like yeah. I remember, I remember like even going back to, I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but like mm. when you were, gonna join the recruits oh but with the army when yeah. i did join the army yeah well, of course you did yeah 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 um but yeah. i remember then you were like i want to be in the best shape of my life then and you worked yeah. really fucking hard for that as well yeah i did and, like it and didn't that's shake out look, you know, but... no i didn't you didn't go the way i wanted but looking back that was just a stepping stone in terms of being in the shape that i am and being in this position yeah I probably wouldn't be fighting if it wasn't for that either. That's no. a period of my life that got me to a certain level and have that mindset. And then I was like, well, what am I going to do with all this fitness? Let's start doing things. Let's start like events yeah. and stuff. And then I was like, let's go for like, well, maybe it's this 10K running event. I just did a bunch of different 10Ks. And then I'm like, let's do a half marathon. Let's do a triathlon. And then like, you know, you go crazy from there. And I was already training jujitsu, Japanese jujitsu, did a few belts of. Then I was training Muay Thai here and there. And I was training Brazilian jujitsu. And you know, over the years, over the past eight plus years. And then I stopped training that and just focused on running and then went through some life crisis 
And then I found MMA mm. again through that process. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have found the gym I'm in. Like a really dark period of my life. And then in this is in 2021. Um, and about two years ago, around this time, and I found this gym that I'm at now during that process because I was injured. I was doing running, a lot of running at the time. And I, again, another fucking running injury. Um, and I couldn't run for ages. And I eventually just was like, well, what can I do? Well, I could probably kick still. It was a really bad, like deep calf injury, but I could, I could do a bit of boxing. I tried boxing. I was a boxing gym mm. for like two months. And then I was, I was like, going to, yeah, I was going to bring fuck that, up. that yeah, you, bullshit, bro. I remember you it. did boxing for a little bit a couple of years ago. Super useful, play. man. It helped me a lot in terms of the way I yeah. think about foot, footwork, but, but I'm just like, I just can't use this for boxing. Cause I, I really deep down, I'm not a boxer and I didn't have the no. mind for it, but I took philosophies that I was learning at the basics of boxing, but I stood like an MMA fighter. I stood like a, a Muay Thai guy and they couldn't get me to unlearn it. Cause I'd done it for so many years. Yeah, I and remember they were trying to end that the, and time. every week and they kept getting annoyed. They were like, dude, we keep telling you. I'm like, bro, I can't do what you're asking me to do. I think I'm doing it. If you were to tell, ask me to do it, I'm trying. But you're saying yeah. I'm not doing it right. This is how my brain... I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I, well, and what, I just, like, just like weight distribution or what? what yeah, what, it was. It was the way I stood, the way I, I moved in, the way I stepped. And and I was like, you know what? You're right. The, fuck this. They kept calling me a kickboxer. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going back. Fuck this. <laughs> but I'd, I'd, I'd said in my past to, to people... And earlier that year, when I thought about doing MMA again and getting back into it, that you're right, I shouldn't, and I'm not going to. And then I sort of had let it go. So I thought boxing, even though I didn't need to listen to that advice anymore, I still felt hesitant to get back into it. And that's why I thought boxing was this like little transition I made. But then I'm like, you know what? Why am I not going back to MMA? This is what I really care about. Why? Why? Why am I listening to this voice in my head? Um, yeah. what do I want? And then I decided what I wanted and I ended up at the gym I'm at right now. And it changed, changed my life helped. It was one thing that really got my life back on track. Um, even though I wasn't looking at fighting for the first couple months, it was just get back into training and being a part of a gym in that community. Cause a martial arts community is really brilliant to be a part of when you're in it. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually we end up here two years later um, when I really just dedicated to it properly, like I never have before. And I was already at this fitness level with all these other sports I was doing. Um, and just the years of culminations of training, it just, yeah, we ended up here and I was just in a good spot and yeah, just embraced it again. Um, and when I decided I was going to fight once, it led me down the path to here and the further down the path you go, the, the longer, further away the fight seemed, but the more I also knew that I was going to fight more than once. And, Anyway, yeah, we get to we get to this camp and we get to this fight week and I'm boxing someone and then we get to Wednesday, so this is three days before the fight. I'm now drinking half the amount of water. I've gone from three days drinking eight liters of water. I'm on the fourth day. I'm drinking four liters of water. The next day I was going to drink two liters and then I'm drinking nothing. Um, I'd book saunas in for Thursday. Wayne's a Friday. I've booked sauna in for Thursday night. I've got a hot bath space for Friday for the last bit of the weight cut to make 72 kilos. I was on Wednesday night, 73 kilos. So this is like two, 48 hours before the weigh-ins. 
So I got one killer to lose. Mm-hmm. Fuck all. 2.2 pounds. Fuck all. Great spot. And then I get to training, get a haircut for the fight. It looks nice for the fight and all this sort of shit. I get to training mm-hmm. and my coach just goes to... And I was I got to training early because I wasn't doing any of the jiu-jitsu stuff, but as jiu-jitsu class was going on. But I was going to go for a big run before Muay Thai class started. Sure. So I go there early and my coach pulls me aside and he goes, oh, got to talk to you. I'm like, yeah. And he goes... There's, there's there's no opponent anymore. And I'm like, what? And they go, didn't, there's just, there's no fight for you, mate. And that was sort of it. I didn't really ask any questions. I didn't ask what happened or why did they pull out? Because I, I mean, he wouldn't have known the answer, you know, because yeah, it's, sure. just, it's just a through a long chain of people saying things that fighter says to their coach, oh, I'm not fighting, their coach says to the promoter, the promoter says to my coach, my coach says to me. You know what I mean? By that point, it's like, yeah, who cares why? It doesn't yeah. matter why. Anyway, and I and I'd already, and I didn't wasn't even phased because I was so mentally affected a few weeks earlier from not getting an opponent initially that I'd like had to overcome the that like control over it. I'm like I yeah. Why am I training this hard for for nothing for no opponent? And I like I there were some training sessions. There was one I was like, dude, I was on the mats, finished the pads round where I was getting absolutely fucking bullied and I just go to the corner and I'm thinking to myself, why am I fucking doing this? In te- wiping tears out of my eyes because I'm like, I miss my fucking, I, I'm not ashamed to say, I was, like, I was like, I miss my fucking girlfriend right now. In that moment, yeah. I was like, I haven't yeah. seen her in like two weeks. I'm supposed to see her tomorrow, but I feel like I'm getting sick because I'm training so much. That means I'm not going to get to see her. And I was just getting upset because I was sacrificing all of this all this time, all this energy. I'm like, what's it even for? Like, those are the battles like I was mentally coming to, but eventually I just had to let it all go and make the choice again, the same way I did with the injury, make the choice of like, I'm seeing this through. I can control how hard I train. I can control making weight. I can't control if I've got an opponent. I've got to let it go and make the decision that I'm still going to see this through to the end. And once I made that choice, I wasn't even phased. When they said to me, there's no opponent, I wasn't upset. And I really haven't been upset about it. Everyone else has been upset except me, because I'd already yeah, I let. I, I'd already let go. I'd already let go of control. Where I was like, "Look, I'm I'm showing up. I'll be there, and I'll be on way. Yeah. And yeah. that's all I can do. And as long I can live with this, as long as I do that. And I can say to people, well, I did a fight. I, I saw this fight camp through the end. I saw it through. I did the hard. That's the hard part. Yeah, yeah. The hard part's doing fight camp and making weight. The easy part is the fun thing at the end you do, which is the fight. And I did not get to do that. But I did everything else. And that proved a lot just to myself. Because of all the, as I've talked about, and as we've been talking about this episode, all the other mental hurdles that I overcame, that was the hard part. And the fact that I did overcome it and I still showed up fit, healthy my hip was good to go i was kicking i felt ready like on weight moral win for me that was a moral win for me so everyone else was really upset about the fight not happening me i was like well i was ready mentally i was like i'll fight anybody it doesn't matter i'm gonna show up and yeah i was 73 on the wednesday night and my coach goes can you make weight i was like should i stop should i drink he's like how far are you he's like you want killer just make the weight just you'll want to I, I wake up the next morning, Thursday morning, and I and I only had like 400 grams to lose. I was 72.4. Yeah. And then I just lost that last little bit. 
Thursday morning, I'm on weight. 36 hours before the weigh-ins, I was 72 kilos on weight. Which makes us realize that we can make 70 kilos, one, as in 100 yeah, pounds weight, yeah. pretty easily. Because I hadn't even yeah. sauntered, and that day I wasn't going to eat, like, because we were going to try to make weight that day. But that day I was probably going to have two small meals and drink two liters of water. Then I was going to train for yeah. three hours that night. Then I had another night for the water to, to, like, flood out of me as well. I would be even lower, and then I would still sauna Thursday night, and then I'd still get up and do the last of the weight cut. So, like, I would have easily dropped the last two kilos with how fast yeah. I was flushing my system out and how much. Like, and I was so dedicated to that weight cut. I'd cut salt out of my diet, sodium out of my diet. Bro, I was on point. I did everything right with my diet. I really did, other than the one cheat meal I had the week before, but that thankfully didn't really affect anything. Um, but, man, I was on point with everything, discipline-wise, with, with diet and, and with, with training. So, I felt good there, and it was pretty clear that we're going to have no problem making 155 pounds. And, and being lightweight and I think that's probably where we're going to go for the next Muay Thai fight too now that we know I can make it quite easily you know that yeah. wasn't no weight cuts fun and no it wasn't fun but was it easy comparatively to most weight cuts yeah it was when you yeah, make weight okay. 36 hours before without really trying to like just through the process of trying to get there you can go further that's pretty obvious you were also you were also ill at the time, like, and I was ill. If you take that out of the equation, I wasn't well. throwing up or anything. It was just like no, I was no. in such fatigue. It was like I thought it was COVID. It wasn't. Well, the tests say, but then again, I don't fucking know anything. No, this, this disease makes no sense um, to me anymore, <laughs> and I don't care about it. Um, yeah, I've given up trying to figure it out. Yeah, um, but anyway, yeah, the fight got pulled. I still made weight. I did a little post. Well, I really, I sent the photos I took because I was like, oh, I went to my brother. I'm like, do you mind just take a couple of photos? I just want to sort of be like, cool, I made weight market. And then I saw the photos. I was like, fuck, I look all right, eh? And then I'm like, take a couple more <laughs> photos. Um, and then I sent them to to you and a couple other people. And one person, Dave, Dave, well, my dad texted me the next morning. He goes, do you mind if I post this on Instagram? He was just really chuffed. He's like, fuck, you look like a fucking weapon, mate. Um, <laughs> and he just like posted like a little like, proud of you son post on his Instagram story. And then I was like, Oh, mm. we posted. And then pe- I sort of post on Twitter and people saw it. I was like, okay. Cause I felt weird posting that. But then once it was out there, I was like, ah, it's actually fine. Be proud. Uh, mm. And then I just got a bit of an ego boost and felt, you know, like I could mark that. Yeah. Look, I, I did everything I could and I made weight and I even said yes to a fucking boxing fight in a week's notice. I didn't care. Like I was in my heart of hearts, 100% prepared mentally, physically to fight. Um, and step through those ropes and, and put on a performance. So what yeah. else can you do? And uh, and if no, exactly. I was confident after one training camp, fuck being a guy that has to fight me after two training camps on their first fight. Like it's going to be a fucking tough night for you. Yeah. That's, that's, that's all I'm thinking, but I'm in a good place. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm again, like I'm your friend. So I would say, it. but like, I am supremely confident in, what I think you're going to achieve with fighting when you get to do it, which you're thinking of December, did he say? I mean, hopefully sooner. I'm staying, okay. I'm trying to stay relatively in shape. I did have like a long weekend. Like I took Friday off work to make weight originally. And then I had a Monday yeah. public holiday. So I had a four day weekend um, of which the fight didn't happen. So 
I was, as of Thursday, after I made weight, rehydrating. So I had probably four or five days of eating shit. Like, my, my mm. missus made me a I cheesecake. cheesecake. Like, yeah. I ate crap. I ate pastries, burgers. Like, I ate a shitload of shit over the weekend. So I felt pretty crap at training good. last night. Um, but yeah. I needed it, and it's good. Yeah. And I'm not going to be, like, strict on diet like I'm in training camp again right now. But I'm not, like, I've go- I've had my gorge weekend. I'm not going to keep doing yeah. that. Um just sort of get back to a bit more of a natural, normal routine that it was before and keep training. Um, I'm taking it a bit like this week just to catch up with friends and actually give people some, yeah. some of my time. But um, probably by next week, just back to normal training, try to stay in as good a shape as I can. So look, look if something came up in the next couple of weeks and I can just do like a quick couple of week diet, weight cut, show up, fight, let's do it. You know what I mean? But if it gets to like a month or two down the road and I'm about to go away on holidays for a few weeks, we'll call an audible and we'll just do a training camp once I get back for like late November. I think it'll be the last weekend of November is the card I have in mind. Um, sure. But my, two of my teammates did fight. Um, one of them didn't get didn't get the W, unfortunately, as I was saying before, but put an amazing performance, mm. didn't get the decision. And then fucking Billy the Kid the young 18 year old got a TKO in the first round. Oh, His fuck, second fight. That was him. Uh, Bro, he's a nice. fucking saw, savage. He's a fucking animal. Yeah. Yeah, he dude. Fucking great. Yeah, dude. He, like I saw, um, he, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this. Like I, and he said to me, and he pointed to me afterwards because me and, and one of my other teammates yachts, um, we were screaming it to him while he was fighting. Cause we didn't corner. Um, so I was way more mm. vocal just from the crowd. Um, and cause we were pretty much ringside and while the fights are going on, most people are relatively silent cause they don't know who they got. Like, you know, it's everyone there's either just a f- really hardcore fan of Muay Thai or they've got a teammate or a gym association with people fighting and cause sure. there's lots of fights. It's really packed event. There were shitloads of people, um, there and, and you know, there was all the seats were taken. It was people, lots of people st- in the standing room areas, um, but we're yelling out and you can, if, if they wanted to, they can hear you. A lot of the time they're yeah. focused and can't hear anything in the fight, but yeah, but you can tune in. You can tune in anyway. Yeah. His opponent had just a soft body on him. And I just, I look at that and I'm like, that looks like ill discipline and weakness. And I just said, and Billy's a fucking tall bloke has beautiful knees. I'm like, you work that body. You drop those knees in his first fight. He landed so many knees to the body, but the guy was in such great shape. The guy just wouldn't go away. But I was just mm. so confident. I said to him, we're at, We'll get the hands wrapped my coaches before we went to the venue and I just sat with Bill and said, What's your game plan? And I said, I saw this. I'm saying knees to the body, bro. I don't think he I don't think he's gonna make it. And you know, I was screaming at him, fucking knees, Billy. And he, he lands a right cross mid him kicking. And Ooh. and it sort of turns his body and then he's able to grab him and he just able to knee, right knee, right to right to the abdomen and drops him. Puts him down, doesn't get up end of the first round um tko oh, like cool. it was beautiful and he comes out and he points yeah. and he points to me um when he gets around and he's and he's hugging everyone and he goes bro i just heard you yelling knee 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 and i just was like bro i was buzzing when it like me and my team there in line we were going off we were going crazy like to see it you see a teammate get a get that and he's just something we we love and train with every day such a fucking great great kid and he's looking he should be fighting the next eternal card for for those that listen that love australian nice. may and the and the elite eternal so in at three weeks Huge. in eternal this kid billy two and oh fought twice this year he just turned 18 two weeks ago he's a little prodigy i'm telling you if there's someone 
I train with that I know that's going to be at the UFC one day, this is the kid. This is the kid. Um, so it'll be, I think, on the... They do the prelims on YouTube, I assume. Otherwise, on UFC Fight Pass, the next Eternal. And I might have at least one more teammate as well um, on there as well. So that's exciting. Eternal's coming up. So if you love Aussie MMA and you're wondering where these guys like Jack Della Maddalena came from, came from Eternal. That's our biggest promotion in Australia for MMA. Um, yeah. And even the young fella flyweight that just won this past weekend came from Eternal, a beta ranked opponent, as well. Oh, um, is that um, the guy that beat Dvorak? Yeah, dude, he's an Aussie from Eternal. Oh, I didn't, I didn't watch the fight. My yeah, bad. no, Steve yeah, from Earth. from Perth as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, nice. Um, that was um, that was lovely to see. Um, yeah. So yeah, Eternal. Uh, in a few weeks, I think it's the first weekend of July, um, those boys will be fighting, um, which is ex- just exciting. So, man, I just love yeah. helping young guys. Um, not that I'm talking about these guys, but like something I learned through camp as well is just training with, with people that aren't fighters either, but just young guys and helping them out and just working with teammates. And Billy's a fucking animal. Just beats the shit out of us all. Like, he's just awesome. Like, you just love being a part of that journey too. And I get, I got more joy out of him winning than I could imagine me getting out of myself winning to be fair. So I just yeah. love it. Love it. And it just makes you love the sport even more having that and being a part of that. That even though I didn't fight, man, I enjoyed that and I was buzzing by the end of the event. I thought I'd be really sad after that event. I was like, look, I'll go to the fight, support my teammates and I feel like I'll love it at the time, but I'll be sad afterwards. And I'm like, because I didn't fight. I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was more sad when yeah. I got there and I was watching fights that weren't my teammates and I'm like, I just want to get fucking in there right now and fight. Um, but then once my teammates came on, I was like, oh, nah, sweet sure yeah you know they performed yeah, you great sort of get that second hand you know got I, exactly so no we were good um yeah that's that's the story guys that's 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 me i guess i feel like i've just ranted and talked about myself too much which look i love talking about myself but yeah. not that much it was a bit i feel very <laughs> uncomfortable to be totally honest with you that's all right I mean, that's, that's what this episode was going to be really like yeah the ufc has been a bit stinky over the past has a couple been fucking month, I want to say. So it's not been, not it's been not been ideal. Much. And even with no. the, the latest pay per view, was there's only a few you know things to really delve into. Like there's some good fights coming up soon, especially with Volk oh, and yeah. Yair. UFC 290 is just phenomenal, and then we've got some great cards following that and around that. Um, but yeah, like there's not been a lot. There's not been a lot no. of good stuff, and 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 even in the news because of who's been fighting, like my my news feed and. And, and MMA sort of chat at the moment is just really gross from gross people like Juliana Pena. You know what I mean? Like just shit yeah. I don't need to see him. Yeah, well, it's just embarrassing. I want to I touch on Juliana Pena later on because yeah. she, yeah, she's she's come out of the woodwork over the past weekend uh, in an interesting way. Um, yeah. I do want to. I do want to quickly though talk about Kai Kara France versus Amir Albani. Oh, we, did, we didn't get to at the time. Yeah, I know. I was. I was picking Kai going in. Um, I thought that Amir is a little sluggish, a little slow, and that he jabs a lot and he's a little sloppy with his entries. He's sort of like he'll throw like four feints and then a real jab, and I feel like Kai would be able to time that quite well. Yeah. Um, 
and I don't know that I was necessarily wrong, to be honest. I th- no, I you weren't. You weren't fully wrong. You weren't fully wrong. I, I think, Kai got round one on activity. I think that Albazi got round two. He he starts to time um, Kai's blitzes quite well, with uppercuts as as Kai sort of lunges. He'd uppercut quite nicely, and it caught Kai off guard a little bit. Round three is obviously Albazi gets taken down. Uh, Kai gets taken down and held for a lot of period. A lot of the period um, gets threatened with a choke. Defense incredibly got that that Volkanovski defense going on. Oh, it's it's the 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 Anzac spirit, mate. It's yeah. the Australian New Zealand connection. It's 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 what we do down here. It's what we do down here. Yeah, I know he he fucking briefed it, man. He did really well with it. That's rugby um, league for you. Training with the New Zealand Warriors. That's fucking rugby league right there. <laughs> that's the greatest sport of all rugby league. Showing that it's the best base for mixed martial arts. Once again. It clearly is. It clearly is. I, Who'd have thought well, a non-martial arts sport is actually the best <laughs> base for a martial arts sport? But then rounds four and five. Clearly Kai. Kai starts adding more. He, he, he does quite well early with just a single jab. Um, but doubling up on the jab and tripling up on the jab or one two. Well, he adjusted. He does like, really like, well. Yeah, it's like what you were yeah, saying. Yeah. You're like it is what you expect to happen did happen, except for obviously the adjustments that then later took place. Yeah, because that's what it really comes down to. We can only predict so much about how we think a fight's going to go, but ultimately, the who's going to win, especially these five round fights, comes down to who adjusts better to the yeah, opposing 100%. game plan. And, and to me, Kai did that. And that's why at the end of the fight, the, not just if you go back and you break down round for round, Kai won. But in the moment, the feeling, and I think it was obvious to everyone. Oh, watching, yeah. The feeling you got from that fight was Kai sort of banked a round or two early. They both got executed a bit of their game plan. But by those last two rounds, it was clear one guy adjusted and was beating the other guy up until the yeah. end of the fight. And the feeling was, I'm like, well, Kai won that, obviously. I've, I watched it again the day after, I want to say, or maybe it was that night. Yeah. I had it 4-1. I had 1-2 for Kai. I had, mm-hmm. I could see you, I guess, giving two to, to Albazi, but I gave it to Kai. And then four and five for Kai. Four clearly yeah, Kai's, I mean- that judge that gave it to... Oh, yeah, like fuck, I, I, I don't want to talk Terrible. too much about this fight, to be honest. And I'll give you a reason why. I think we all know Kai won. I yeah. think Kai won four one clearly. There's all this talk about open scoring. There's all this talk about holding judges accountable. I just, I don't believe it's ever going to happen. It doesn't happen in no. boxing. It's never going to happen here. I don't. I don't want to sit here on a podcast and be another fucking voice coming with a solution. I don't have a solution that will happen. I don't know. All I want and ask for is better educated judging. Yeah, that's that. I that's don't, because that's the well. only thing we can Cause... get. Because they're not going to change the fucking rules. There's not going to be a renaissance of judging in the sport. We're going to copy yeah. boxing. It's This is the system. I just, I just don't believe it's going to change. Not in the next 10 to 20 years. I really don't. And I don't want to sit here and I don't think they're ever going to hold them accountable with press conferences because they don't have boxing and that's a way older sport than MMA. I just don't think we're going to be the ones to do it. Not for a while. And I just 
don't think they're going to change the system. So because I just don't believe that, I don't want to be another voice. I really don't. I just think, and I just want the judges to know what they're judging. I don't think yeah, it's that hard. Exactly I really that. don't think it's that hard. No. I no, don't know what's also, going on. I do want to say as well, like, there's definitely... I think people... Like, judges get one look at a fight. And whilst they should be better than your average viewer at judging a fight, and they often aren't, and I think that's where the real issue lies, um, like, there are there are going to be naturally dodgy scorecards where people don't pick up on something in a round. You know, yes, strikes might, like a certain strike that lands well, might not, you, you know, you might not get the right angle on seeing that strike. Stuff like um, Gamrot Soyukin, right, where... Oh, Weird. Where Gamrot, where sorry, so you can drops Gamrot very clearly with a spinning back fist, but like I can understand. Like when I first watched that before the replay, I thought that was a slip, and I think that's probably what a lot of the judges saw as well. Yeah, was it? It looked like Gamrot. But slipped. when you're watching in this fight, activity beyond belief, where the stats mm. show a huge discrepancy. Yeah. And one guy lands not only more strikes, not only is way more active, and landing the damaging strikes and putting damage on the opponent's face. What damage on Kai's face? None. And then lands the only takedown of the round, and one judge gives it to the other guy. Like, we just don't know what we're watching. And we no, don't care. I agree. Like, that's where we're at. There's just no yeah, reason... That's... Anyone with That's any sense, even I'm if you're like. just a boxing fan and a boxing judge, you're a guy that judges boxing, you only know boxing, but they're, they're, they're paying you to judge me. Like, fuck it, I'll do that. Even you should know that you're watching the other guy win the fight. That's how obvious yeah. round four was. Yeah, so when it gets to that, I we just have judges that don't care and don't know. They don't know what they're yeah. watching they don't care. It's just a job. Yeah, I, f- I fully agree. They I, somehow I landed there. And it just, what should be done is who's getting paid to be the judges. That's the only thing that I believe can change and the only thing that has to be changed. Yeah, I'm exactly. If you know MMA and you want change, do a fucking judging course. Please, for the love of God, become a judge. Become a sporting judge. I've almost thought about doing it. I'll go to weekend Muay Thai events and I'll start judging. Like, honestly, let me judge. I'll help. I'll be one of those people eventually get me there and then I can help and judge these fucking fights. What, what does it take? Surely there's people out there. Like, most people know who won that fight. Yeah, 99 it, millions of people. If too many people watch that fight, 1,999,998 people knew who won that fight. That's fucking the one judge that got it fucking so obviously wrong. And then one retarded person. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I left room for a little wiggle room for another another person that just doesn't know. Doesn't some yeah. blind person? They were blind. Can, that person was blind. I can, I can understand. I can understand giving round one to Albazi. I really yeah. don't agree with it. I think it's a bad score. It's a bad but score. Like, I don't. I don't. Like, I if it's a bad it. score. You don't agree with it. You can't say you guess. Come on. It's a bad no, score. No, 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 no. Because there's a difference between giving round four and giving round one. Like, I think round four is like, you shouldn't judge another fight. Man, that's, that's like, such a clearly cut round. And it's he just... a fucking stamp on that. Albazi started looking worse. He started actively slowing down. And Kai started picking up and adjusting. Yeah. 
like there's there's nothing that bro they're to they're fucking the Aussies Whereas, and the Kiwis, bro. They're trying to hold us down, they, bro. Dude, yeah. It, What's it, going on with these judges? It it was like they did it to Volk in fucking Perth. Yeah, I they've was done it say, to Kai like, here. What's you, you going on? You mentioned like the just I know obviously you can't judge fights and vibe, but you mentioned like the vibe after the fight finished. And yeah, you you brought me back to Volk Islam, where like. No one, no one, fe- like no one felt like Islam really. I don't, How do you I don't watch that fight? Islam. How do you finish yeah. watching Islam? I watched it last night. I rewatched it, which first of all, travesty by the UFC to edit over down under. Oh my god! As it all gets yeah, on, watched, disgusting, disgusting. What they've done to, to history. Brother, and I was like, Thank God I have a copy of that fight with the original. Yeah. I was trying to watch it with my brother because he doesn't watch fights when I'm not there. So I go back home and I'm like, right, here's all the good stuff that's happened. And I give him a little a little digest. Um, and, and you couldn't show him down under. And I was like, oh, we've got to watch the one on the, like, the whole event on Fight Pass rather than just the fight because they cut out the walkout on just the fight clip. Yeah. Um, and I sat him down and I was like, this walkout's fucking incredible. One of the best walkouts of all time. Yeah, the best one. And, and this fucking generic Other than maybe a rock song. This generic rock song. Oh, dude, broke my, it broke. Like, it broke like, my true this... blue Aussie heart, mate. It broke. For a while, I thought it was just like transitionary music. Like Volk wasn't ready to walk out yet, and I was like, oh, I forgot about this. And then I see, then it cuts to him walking out, and the the music's still playing, and I was like, what? And I had to find like crowd. These cam. cheap. They're it's a multi billion dollar company. These cheap fucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's genuinely like... Pay men at work. Pay them. Tarring your own history. Like, that's a historical moment. And they've... they've fucking they've outrageous. fucked that for new viewers. It's fucking outrageous. It's disgusting. Yeah. That's the shit it's... that really should be against the law and that we need change for. Not the judging. <laughs> it's <laughs> shit like this. Honestly. It is just a real disrespect for their own legacy as... I waited a decade to see that shit. To see mm. an Aussie walk out like that and that happen. And that'd be one of ours. The Conor McGregor treatment that the Irish fans gave. Like, I wanted to see that happen in this country because I knew we had it in us. I knew we were the legit best crowd. I know we're the rowdiest cunts on earth. And I'm like, we're, one day we'll show it. This is the sport where the, where the rowdy rise to the top. And there's no cunts rowdier than us. And I'm no. like, one day it'll be one day we'll show it. And we fucking showed it. Are you kidding me? That whole event. Like we showed that. Let alone you get to yeah. that main event and you knew. Even with all the noise the whole night, when you got to the end, you're like, they're gonna have all the room in the world for this. They've been waiting. And then the energy through when you watch through the fight, bro, the energy from that yeah. crowd is fucked. It's fucking outrageous. When Volk, like, busts that first takedown in round two, like, dude, that shit's mm. crazy. Every big shot, every time he gets... Like, it's just wild. And then you go back and watch other fighters' reactions. It's just hectic. Amazing. But yeah, vibe. They're fucking us. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 100%. And good people hit, should become judges. Do you want to hit last weekend? Yeah, a bit. I don't want to hit too much. No, we're hitting two fights. Yeah, let's hit them. So, Charles Oliveira, the main I event. I said it. I fucking really. said it. I fucking knew Charles was going to win that fight. You know what? I can't As believe he, he was the out, underdog. I can't believe I, he was the underdog. Okay, I can, you see. And I, I, I can because 
Benil is ASL for who Charles has shown literally the other day to have struggles with. Um, and he's a good positional grappler. And he's a good scrambler. And he's got fucking great submission def- Well, not like he's got good submission defense. The only Benil Darius really... looks like he works for IBM, like a software dude, company. Dude, I, at some point, fucked, nah, bro. At some point, there's levels, and a guy that looks like that can't do it. And I'm like, and it's in my heart of hearts. And this is, and this is not analytical in the fight game in any facet. No. This is just me operating on vibe and vibe alone. Is that there was no way Benil Darius could beat Charles Oliveira? Like, God, if there's a God, he wouldn't allow it. And if there's one, and if there is a God, we know one thing: there, there is only one champion, and the champion has a name, and it is Charles Du Bronx Oliveira, like anointed by God Himself. Yeah. yeah. Chosen by God to be the champion. So yeah, I, I like myself. I, I like I like Benil Darius. Um, he's a bit of a political weirdo, but like, is he? He's also yeah, a little bit. He's he's been on like Stephen Crowder and shit. But yeah, um, but I mean, it's MMA, bro. Like yeah, that's exactly. like that's that's like, like but, that's but to be fair, that's job, pretty left. That's that's pretty left for um, yeah for yeah. MMA. If we're being honest with it ourselves, is, yeah, it's not too bad for MMA, really. Yeah, but like you know, Charles isn't. So there's, we can have standards. Um, yeah, but but also. He's, Bro, he's I screaming like about he, God I, and how God chose him. I think he's pretty right. Let's be real. You just nah, he just he just doesn't speak English, just, so you don't know. He just loves the vibes. Yeah. Okay. If you spoke English, you'd hate him. I bet you anything. Nah, I love him. Could not yeah. hate him. I love. Um, I mean, I love him, but I don't get I don't get bothered by that stuff as much because I'm like, well, I don't actually know them, so I don't really care what their beliefs are. I only get much. bothered by it for one person, really. Yeah, you only get bothered by Israel Adesanya, which just yeah. makes me laugh so much. I'm like, bro, who cares? I care. I really don't. He's. I find I, him deeply unlikable. Yeah, I really um, like him. I still love Izzy. And every time I'm like, I mean, bro, I, I, I listened to his flagrant podcast today while I was at work. I was like, I thought it was great. He says, but like you'll listen to an hour and there'll be 30 seconds in total to me of like stuff he says that I'm like, obviously that's so dumb and embarrassing you said that. But I'm like, but well, I'll take, you take yeah. the good with the bad. I just take the good with the bad. Like, yeah. Thing is, right for me, he com- he convinces me to like him over the course of something, and then he'll say something, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's that the, the goodwill that you built up over all that. Yeah. See, I think I just know the bad spat. will be there on with the good because I'm like, he's just a person. Yeah, but so it, is Volk. Yeah, but you're. Volk is, I don't think Volk. Has but ever Volk, said I'm not asking. So I'm not asking. Yeah, but dislike. I don't like Izzy like I like Volk either. No. I, you know, I like that's different. Volk is God himself. Volk, like, that if Charles Bronx was chosen by God, he was chosen by Alex Volkanovsky. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Robert Whitaker is Jesus himself. Like, that's different. Izzy's just like, he's an athlete that I really like. And also, he came, I know he's Nigerian, but he grew up in, like, New Zealand, Australia, we're very similar cultures. Like, the way he grew up, the yeah. mindset, like, when he talks, bro, I, and I thought about this day, listening to him, and I'm like, he, I relate to it. Like, I get what, like, he's just, he grew up like I grew up. He grew, it's the same, vo- like, same, um, sort of, like, cultural influences and same neck of the woods, it feels like. 
So this is the way he talks about things and the way he approaches things, the way he thinks about things. And I'm like, well, that's just, I don't know. He just feels like one of it. When you come from Australia, when you come from New Zealand, you just feel like one of ours. And it's, a, we have a very us mentality. We're so far away from everyone. We feel very isolated, which is why we feel close to each other. It's also why we're very competitive with each other in a lot of sports, Australia and New Zealand. But also a lot of the Pacific Island nations, PNG, Samoa, Fiji, Tonga, you know, like the Pacific Islands, like that's, those are cultures we're really connected with here in Australia. And like, it's just a different vibe when you're around it. And I don't know, there's just something... There's just something about it that I relate to more than most people. So, like, I know what you're saying, but I'm like, to me, I'm like, but is he still, he's one of us. So, I'm, I'm, I'm about him. I'm just, I'm always going to be about him. I Because I don't think he's a bad person. I get that he might be unlikable, but he's not, like, a bad human being. No, I mean... He's not breaking laws. Yeah, he's not no, hitting women. He's, he's not, you know... He's evil. You know, I don't think he's, like, a genuinely bad human. Um, he just has a bit I'm of main sure. character syndrome and, and, yeah. and you know I'd, he's not someone that I'd get on with but he's also someone that I feel like I could get on with you'd have it's, fun with him bro there's not a way yeah. if you were just with him one on one no cameras around he wasn't putting on a show like trying to perform for you like I feel like he'd be a lot of fun yeah which is annoying because I just you want him to just be himself I want him to I, I really want to like him man I really yeah. want to like him and give him credit, but every time, every time I try, every other day I get a message from you. Is he said yeah. this, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> "Is that annoying you?" And you're like, "Yes, it annoyed me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The mo- like, oh, yeah, the most recent one being him, him being like, "Oh, I let Rob, I let Rob get to a decision. I could have finished yeah. him, but I just let him." And it's like, "Fuck of off, he said he? No, you didn't. If- of course he said that. Dude, fuck off. It's the most easy thing to say. I was like, of course he did. It's, like, it's so yeah. stupid thing. It's a stupid thing to say, I agree with you, but I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. whatever. doesn't matter. Like, we all know what actually happened. I don't need Izzy to acknowledge it, to, like, make me like him or not like him. I'm like, well, he's a fighter. Yeah, he's sensitive. Fighters like, are sensitive. Fighters are super sensitive. So I don't, like, I don't hold it against him too much. No, I guess. I, I just think there's loads of other fighters that I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not okay. saying for you to like Izzy the most, and I no, don't like Izzy I the know. most. I agree with you. There's better guys. There's guys I like way more, but yeah. it still doesn't mean I don't like him because I think at the core of it, I think he's a good guy. I just think he says stupid shit, and you he's one of ours. Think, so, yeah, I think if he didn't keep fucking beating Rob Whitaker as well, I like yeah, that. I get that. That would probably. I, do, I, that would probably I get help. it. Yeah, I, I, I really get it. I really do but, get it. But, like, let's, I can't let's... deny that when he beat Alex Pereira and knocked him out, I mm. don't know if I've ever gone that crazy at a win. Dude, I was, I was so ecstatic. It, it, I yeah, was that, was, that was a big moment in, in the sports history. We're going to look back yeah. on that. Say what you will. That's a huge yeah. fucking moment. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah. Yeah. It's, that it's was like Anderson Silva beating Charles Sonnen. That's what, it, like, that was that sort of level when Anderson subbed him in the fifth round when Charles was about to win. Like, it just felt like that big, that mm. core defining moment of a generational talent. Like, Anderson Silva, like, Israel Alessandra is this sort of era's star. Yeah, the same e- way Anderson easier. was or GSP was. Like, I mean, he's bigger than they ever were in terms of stardom. Um, and then it's debatable how you want to say, it. I think he's arguably the greatest middleweight champion of all time, even above Anderson. I think he is. I I believe that. 
Um, and it's just that, but all those guys need rivals and need defining moments. And yeah, I thought was thought it'd be Rob, but it was Alex Pereira, especially in terms of the story and the adversity he overcame. No, Anderson mm. didn't lose to Chael, but when you get to the fifth round, he's getting his ass kicked and then he pulls his sub off. It's just this defining moment. And then he had a stamp on in their rematch. But with Izzy, he had to lose that first fight that people thought he was winning up until the end. And he's the one that lost in the last second. But then he came back and knocked him out in the second round. And you're like, okay, wow. This yeah. guy's like legit. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, he's undeniable at that point. He's undeniable. Yeah. yeah let's, let's, let's get back to Charles. Um, yeah. Does... I mean, dude, he fucking... He failed a trip. He gets into a clinch, goes for a trip. Um, Benil bases himself out really well. And so Charles sort of accepts guard for a bit. Uh, <laughs> and starts effectively outstriking Benil from bottom guard. Um, yes. Benil's ground and pound looked rough, I thought. He, he like He's normally pretty good with elbows. He's normally got, like... He's not a, a Cara France or a Volkanovski when it comes he to looked a bit. Pound, he looked a bit like, intimidated when Charles was, looked, like, so active on the ground. He just looked like he yeah. couldn't get into a rhythm or a position he liked and felt comfortable in. And but it's it, it almost something... like he was trying to still do it anyway. Like, he was trying too hard. Yeah. Even when he should have been but... focusing on getting control back first and then landing strikes. He was just sort of trying to go for strikes when Charles was still fighting for position. It's something that I've spoken about a little bit in the run-up to this fight. Was that, like, the, the biggest knock on Benil, I think, is that he fights a very slow-paced, one-at-a-time, like... He doesn't throw combinations, really, unless he's, like, really fucking hurt. Um, like, the Dracar Close one was a bit of a bomb burner, but, like, otherwise, he's very much someone that will pick away at you with big punches and big kicks. He'll fucking smash a body kick into you, and then he'll watch you for a bit, and then he'll hit you with something else. And Yeah. He's got, like, his, he holds his hands quite low, sort of by his chest. Um, and it's something that I thought the Alex Hernandez loss was Alex Hernandez just coming out the gates, blasting him. Yeah. And it's something that I saw in Charles as well. I was like, Charles is someone that isn't going to give you time to get into a, like, a methodical fight. He's, he's, pre- he's, he's gonna, a pressure fighter, yeah. Yeah, he's going to come out the gates and try and blast the fuck out of you. You know, open with a high kick. Um... And it's it it was a clear game plan ground. from Charles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, like it carried over to the ground, and Benil didn't look. Yeah, he didn't look as comfortable as he normally does there. Mm. And um, Charles, Charles just looked on, on, on. Um, but it did even at times like that's the thing about Charles that he gets away with. He he fights such a fast pace, and he's always fighting for position that he makes those mistakes like failing that trip, ending up on his back. But he stu- he doesn't beat himself up for losing that position. He's still like, well, I'm here no. now. I'm just going to still keep going. And he's still throwing the strikes yeah. from the bottom. And and sometimes it still doesn't work. Islam Makachev. Like, yeah. like where he tries to fight back, but the other guy still weathers that storm as well and keeps going. But it gives him the best chance to really get a position back or get the one up or, or switch, mom- switch momentum as quickly as he can back in his favor by activity, activity, activity. Um, and he did that here because as soon as he got back up, he just kept the pressure going. And and it didn't take him long to, f- to finish Dariush as soon as they got back up. It felt very like 
Connor Chad Mendes esque, but just over a bit more of a period of time where that was like in the last thirty yeah. seconds of a round. This was like over the last minute of a round where Charles sort of got up, landed some good clinch strikes, landed some 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 big hooks, and then just finished him with some ground a pound. Yeah, and you know what? It was a. I don't know if we've seen Charles shift before, but he threw. Oh, I think it was he threw a right straight and stepped into it and then threw his right hook. And it's the hook. I think probably because Benio yeah. was like, okay, I know his range. And yeah. as Charles shifted, Benio like pulled his head back, thinking he'd be able to slip the hook, but obviously Charles is ranger because it's now his his rear hand is his lead hand. Um Yeah, okay. And so it, it clips him as he shifts through. And then yeah, Charles is just able to pound him out on the ground he's you know in, in a similar way to what Charles to how Charles is I think Benil his instinct when he's hurt is to try and wrestle and to get himself some space but Charles is also a good wrestler a good grappler so he was able to reverse the position end up on top and just elbow the fuck out of his head yeah just and oh the post like in post Hearing Canada roar for Charles Oliveira is some Dude, of the happiest I've ever felt. They loved him. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy for the man because I fucking love Charles, and I'm so glad that he has improved from his loss rather than because it it could have gone two ways, man. He could have he could have started declining now. He could have lost his his shine, his confidence, um, which I think is a large part of what makes Charles Oliveira at the moment. Because he's he is he is, dare I say, fragile as a fighter. Like he's someone that you can do things. He can to. hurt. Yeah. Yeah. He's some. Yeah. He's someone that can hurt. He's someone that you can knock about. Um. But I think knowing that he's that fucking guy helps Charles get through those positions. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. And so I think it, I think really after facing a, a hard loss to Islam. Um, it's he could have gone two ways, and he went, he went, and proved that he's still that guy. No, I mean I, I think when they first announced the fight, I felt bad for Charles, and I wasn't leaning towards Charles. But the closer we got, uh, the more confident I was, and and seeing him even just through fight week and on bed and stuff, like you just got a feeling that he hadn't lost anything from losing the belt. He still believed, and he just and he seemed like he was wanted that revenge. Yeah, and I was like, man, you don't want to be the guy that's fighting Charles Oliveira after losing to Islam. You don't want to be that guy. That's how I felt, and that's what he fought like. He's like, I'm gonna make you pay <laughs> just because I lost the last fight. You didn't do it to me, but I'm gonna make you pay like you're Islam. And he, yeah. and he came out like a bat out of hell. And um, I mean, I think you give him the next title shot. Um, do you? And then out. You reckon he's next? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think I think Charles fights Islam. And the winner of yeah. that fight fights Volk. I kind of want that too, man. Um, I think we're back where we were last me. year. Exactly the same. Where Islam and Charles are going to fight in Abu Dhabi for the belt. And it's international fight week and Volk's going to defend and win the featherweight title. And then yeah. in either December or January, February, um, you come to Australia and you do it again. If it's Charles Oliveira or if it's Islam Mahachev. Like that yeah, totally dependent I, on whoever wins. I think Volk defends and he gets the next title shot, obviously, because he is also the lightweight champion. He beat Islam. We all know he did. 
Um, mm-hmm. And they and he gets a rematch. And Dana said he gets a rematch if he if he beats Jair. Yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah, active enough. You know what I mean? Three, like maybe. he's active enough to to fight for the lightweight title. He came straight back after that lightweight title fight to defend the featherweight, as he's about to do in a few weeks. And then you give him the next shot. There's a little contrarian part of me that wants to see Islam fight someone new that isn't Charles. There's a little part of me that's like, ah, uh, but who? Give it to but the, you, but well, who? Well, it, well, it would be the winner of Gaethje Poirier. Yeah, but he's already. Um, but oh no, he hasn't already fought with Charles. No, he hasn't, man. That's Khabib. Yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. The sorry, I actually they've okay. just both fought Khabib, so I feel like they have fought, um, <laughs> which is funny. Funny to say. I just in my head, I'm like, well, he's fought those two. I'm like, no, Khabib fought those two. Um, yeah, no, it it it's weird for his first four title defenses to be against the first four to to be against the same two guys, I should say. Yeah, um, um, that's assuming he defends against Charles, which I'd I'd pick Islam again, but like, I think it'd be a lot closer, a lot better fight. Yeah, Dustin Islam. I'm like, man, I don't want to see Islam try to strike no. with Dustin. That will not go well for Islam. I think Dustin has. The, the, I think I think side. he beats. I think Islam beats Gaethje. Um, but I think mm. Dustin, I'm, but I mean, I'm a big Dustin fan. I, I'd still, pick, yeah, I'd I pick Dustin to beat Khabib think... and I'd, I'd still pick Dustin to beat Islam. I wouldn't, I don't think it's happening. I think, I, I think Islam beats them both. But I think Dustin I'd honestly give Charles Gaethje and I think, chance, and I think but... Charles is a cheat. So, you know, what it is, what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> he yeah, held that a... fucking glove. He held the fucking glove. That's what I'm saying. Well, Dustin, Dustin doesn't seem to care. So well, it doesn't matter whether he seems to care because he's not going to make excuses. Because he's a tr- he's I'm a champion. Good. Yeah. Um, well, but but I'll do it for him. Where Charles Oliveira clearly grabbed the glove. You can obviously see it. Watch it. You know that he did. Yeah, I mean, I think he did, but I also don't care because I love Charles as well. Yeah, so fuck, eh. fuck that. I do love Charles, but that that's. If there's anything I don't like about Charles, it's that moment. It really fucking pissed me <laughs> off. Because it's like, if you can't beat him without it, you don't get to beat him. Yeah, that's fair. Paid in full, Gaz. Paid in full. <laughs> Illuminated by God, right? Yeah, well. We'll see. Either way, Volk's going to fucking finish him. Finish Charles. You think Charles <laughs> is going to be able to beat Volk? Fuck that. No, I, I, I have hoped since the beginning, I've been desperate for Oliveira versus Volkanovski. Since the Ortega fight, I think I was like, right, we know Volk has crazy submission defense. I want to see him face a bigger guy who's like more active in his submissions. But after seeing Islam and Volk fight, I'm like, I don't think it's that close. I think Volk will fuck Charles Oliveira. I think I think Charles is a lot better on the feet though, and he's he's rangy and he's I think Volk will like be prepared for that. I think Volk will be I very think... prepared for the range. I think I think Volk will too, and I, I would 100% pick Volk, but I just think it's a fight I want to see. Me, me too. I want to see Volk fight everybody and beat everybody because yeah. he can. Yeah. Because he's the GOAT. <clears throat> um, do you have anything you want to do with Benil? Where would you want to see him after this? <sighs> Don't say that at all. I can feel <laughs> it on your lips. <laughs> I wasn't going to say Bellator. Really? Um, oh. no, 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 I wasn't going to say Bellator because I don't give a fuck about Bellator. Bellator's shit house these days. It's gone so much worse. Oh, dude. Um, you know, well, well, I mean, it's a tangent, but like, looking to be bought by the sounds of it. Yeah, I know. It, and it feels that way. Like, Bellator is not... What have they been doing lately? 
Uh, Have you like heard about any big Bellator fights going, coming up? Pitbull's going down to Bantamweight to try and get uh, another what, belt what? off Sergio Pettis. Um, but then they just did the Bantamweight that, Grand Prix I as well, which Sergio Pettis wasn't in for some reason. Yeah, because he's fighting Pitbull. <laughs> bizarre. So I think, but there was a Bantamweight belt champions. there. Oh, dude, it's bizarre. There's an interim champion, yeah. Yeah, that's my point. There is an interim champion, but I'm pretty sure he's like it's teammates with Sergio. Mess. And they're not going to fight each other or something. It's fucking weird. No, I think they are fighting each other. They're just trying to get this Pitbull super fight done first. Oh, God, this is so stupid. It's a, yeah, it's a mess, man. This but, is like um, Michael Bisping versus GSP while Robert Whittaker was the interim champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's exactly like that. It's like, what are we doing? This sounds like a load of bullshit. Yeah, Bellator, also, mess. Who cares? But no, Benil, I... Feel like- I- what were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say, did you see the PFL payouts very quickly? Uh, yeah, oh, briefly. And they just seemed pretty... Terrible. You know, not great. Yeah, I, I just think it's crazy because their whole thing is like, we're for the fighters. Like, that's their brand, basically. Yeah, and but what do you think? Do you think they're paying people more than the UFC's paying the undercover fighters? Paying... No way. No, but I think, I, sh- I think they should be paying, like, Brendan Lochnan who's their who was their champion and was one of their biggest fighters like brendan lockman was like the ufc fucked up they should have got brendan lockman yes he could probably hold it hold his own in the top in the, like the ufc's featherweight division yeah um how much did they he pay was on, he was on 50k yeah yeah which is terrible like that's that's bad mm. i agree i agree but anyway, i mean was, it's I what i expect from pfl what like, I know they're for I the fighters, that's their brand, but more. like they're they're for certain fighters. Yeah, but well, I don't yeah. think if unless you've been in the UFC, you're not worth much to them, and you get paid as such. They're just for yeah, the but... rich. They're just for the the hype fighters. They'll pay Francis. They'll pay Jake. Oh, Paul. They, they, they pay Francis. Yeah, they pay. They'll pay the big names. And Francis' opponent, apparently. Um, yeah. based on that contract but I just if they, they're not from the UFC or they don't have a name to them they probably aren't going to get a great contract no no Ugh. yeah no I just wanted to bring that up and maybe that's just you... like their, their fight person maybe PFL are good with their fighters and they give them a piece of the gate you know yeah. what I mean that we don't could see that's not disclosed or they get a piece of the t- like they might get other payments we don't know so I don't want to talk yeah. too bad about PFL. I don't know how their payment works, but certainly I'm not surprised if it's the case. Um, and no. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, talk about Benil. What do you want to do with Benil? I haven't thought about it too much because I, I've got to be honest, I don't really care about Benil Dariush. I never have. No. And I was glad, with all due respect, glad to see him lose. Happy for Charles. Um, happy for, for the lightweight division. We don't have to see Benil Dariush. Far for the belt. With the greatest respect, um, I I don't know. Gatekeep, don't care. That's my. I, I thought I thought Suyukian, who I think fights yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, fights this weekend. Um, I thought him and Suyukian makes sense. Give him another another grappler, who he can probably outstrike. Like let that, let that play out. See how that goes. And then. Give him like a Gaethje or a Poirier if they're still around. Yeah. Because I think I think Gaethje and Poirier are like one loss away from retirement, really. 
Do you? I don't. Yeah. Well, Gechi said that. But Gechi basically said after the Fizzy fight that if he loses again, he's done. Oh yeah, Gechi. I don't. I don't think Poirier retires after a loss. I don't think he sticks around too much longer. I think. I think Poirier is the the type of guy who won't stick around when he's losing a lot. No, he won't be cowboy. No, I agree with that. But I. I don't think one loss will do it. I think it would. Um, he'd still have another like. I think he'd have to lose like two or three in a row. Yeah, yeah, at probably least. Um, yeah, at least right now, coming off um, a Chandler. win over Michael Chandler, yeah. so where he's feeling pretty good and pretty close to a title still. Yeah, and the cha- and there's a champion that he hasn't fought before, so I don't know. Yeah, I think he's still feeling pretty optimistic, and he's beaten Gaethje before. So even if he lost to Gaethje, I don't think he'd be like kicking himself I think he'd be like well no. let's go for a third or let's fight Connor again or he's still a win away yeah. from, from talking about him for the belt that's all I'm saying yeah you're probably right um, um, whereas whereas Gaethje we... I get I get Gaethje but he's been talking about it a lot more over the years yeah should we hit up the main event yes um, please because it's almost what it's worth and I need to get Fuck. to bed <laughs> um, did you watch it the main event. Um, I I half watched that main event because I just did yeah. not care. That's valid. Um, I just would turn it off and sort of check in, and the footy was on at the same time, and I just sort of switch back and forth, and I just was watching Amanda just beat the fucking piss out of Aldana. Yeah, well, Aldana just decided she didn't want to do anything. Like uh, nothing. Nunes wasn't doing anything particularly unique to stop Aldana. Like she was doing well with front kicks and stuff. She was sort of keeping Aldana at range, but Aldana through fucking three punches you know yeah just just a real it good. a real bed shitting performance which it is was shame. she shit the bed that's it that's it's called spade a spade um, we can say it was a shit the bed performance i mean i i mean i think amanda just also looked amazing in she fairness did. she looked really good yeah she, she looked like really she good. was motivated she looked in shape and it was clear because she's like look fuck this i'm gonna give this everything i got because i know i'm because i to me i think amanda beats every girl ever if she's and I only think the reason Juliana Pena beat her was because she was just had beaten so many people. I think she'd gotten a bit lazy, to be honest, in training yeah, camp. I think so. And I think it was pretty clear from the rematch that she's like, "Oh, I guess I've got to give this everything I got because I can mm. lose." And she beat the absolute fucking snot out of Juliana Pena because she's infinitely better than Juliana Pena. It was just like literally the right person at the right time, yeah, or at I the agree. wrong time for Amanda to lose. Um, and now we're stuck with this fucking toxic fucking bitch running around MMA. Um, enjoy that <laughs> opinion. You... I think she's something. I don't. We don't even. We don't. No, we don't even. Okay, we cool. Don't even. I'm cool with that. No, yeah. She's just, um... who cares? Like, fucking, I don't want to give her fucking airtime. Um, <laughs> she's not even worth it. Um, but yeah, Amanda... I, I don't even know that Amanda looked, I don't even know that Amanda looked like incredible because I think it's but she looks in shape and motivated she looks in shape and motivated and I think that's all she needs to beat these girls to be honest what I was going to say was that I think she just looked like she had nothing to worry about because I don't think Aldana put out anything for Amanda to even think about like the first round was a bit of a feeding out process and I think she sort of realised like oh I I can just do what I want actually there's no like she's not even attempting to defend any takedowns I throw um all of my punches are landing and they're landing hard. It was just Aldana a bit threw, awestruck, like, a bit punch. awestruck by Amanda Nunes, yeah. do you reckon? Yeah, mate, like it might be that. Just really um, struggled to get going. 
Um, obviously, Amanda retired at the end of it after a I mean, 50, 5044-5043. I mean, um, easily, comfortably, greatest female fighter in MMA history. Yeah, comfortably. Um, um, I mean, I'm sure, 10 years from now, could easily be eclipsed by someone else. But at this era, at this yeah. time... There's just no one even remotely close to what she's achieved for how long she's achieved it. Not a level. Valentina Shevchenko is the only other person you could even introduce into the b- debate. But yeah. to be honest, things aren't looking good for Valentina at the moment, and she hasn't done much good for herself with her talk after the fight either. Um, she's not really in the fans' good graces at the moment, and no. she's coming off a loss um, to Alexa Grasso. So yeah. you're sort of like, hmm. Is Amanda ever going to lose to Alexa Grasso? I think never. That would never have happened. Um, so, I don't know. I'm I, I think it's pretty comfortable. Um, I mean, beat, she beat Valentina twice. I mean, I think once. The second fight, sure. I don't think Valentina won. But Amanda also knocked out Chris Cyborg, Holly Holm, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Every big name in women's MMA, other than strawweights, she's beaten. Yeah, yeah. From featherweight to flyweight, she's beaten all the big names in MMA history. All the <laughs> yeah, all, all the. Oh, I guess there is actually a big featherweight name. I was mocking that, but I guess yeah. Cyborg was that. Yeah. Chris Cyborg. I mean, it's the biggest name of everyone ever. Yeah. Her career, yeah. the biggest carcass on her resume, the biggest kill yeah. is Chris Cyborg. So you but have to mention with, featherweight with. The departure of Amanda Nunes, we can say a cheery goodbye, I think, to the to featherweight. women's featherweight division. I hope so. Of which there is not even... A, I think Dana had basically... Like, did you watch his post-fight thing? He basically said, like, He basically said, like, yeah, it's probably going. Um, yeah, I think that's what he said, but also he just said, yeah. Like, the guy asked him... You know when you ask someone, like, do you want this or do you want this? And they go, yeah. And you're like, yeah, to which one? That's yeah, what well, I, I got think, from that answer. Because he just says, yeah, I, I think you're right. And I was just yeah. sitting there like, yes, you're right to... to you're probably yeah. going to sign more people and do more featherweights, or you're going to get rid of featherweight. You didn't say yes to which. Yeah, but I think... I, I can't... Like, what, what featherweights are there, man? I know, bro, but he didn't say yes to which. He just said yes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, so, I know, but I, and I, I And I'm just sure. like, I want to believe yeah. that was him saying yes for getting rid of the featherweights, but like... I'm, I don't want to be disappointed later when he's like, no, I said, yes, we're going to sign a bunch more. I'm like, fuck! You know what I mean? So I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. There's sort of a bittersweetness, I think, to Nunes' retirement. In but the... it's just until the scheduling conflicts, there's a... injuries, they can't sign a main event to some pay-per-view, to some schedule they've guaranteed. And they're like, oh, we do have that vacant title that's been being on for two years. Yeah. Let's bring back the featherweight division and they'll just make up some fight with two bantamweight women just to say there's a title fight. On a card hope, that they need to sell. I hope that they just... I really hope that they just invest in atom weights, to be honest. That's like 105? Yeah. Fuck, that's small. It is, but like, there's a there's like real women's atom weights. Yeah. You know, I remember for a while real ago women. they were talking about... What do you mean no, by I... real women, Gaz? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean that. Yeah. That's not what I meant. You're a piece um, of shit. You've been hanging out with too many <laughs> MMA fighters, huh? <laughs> no, I just mean I just mean that there's like divisions. There's like complete divisions 
of atom weights, to my understanding. I'll be honest, I'm not super well versed in women's MMA. Um, I don't hate myself, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. It's it's if like uh, to my understanding, there are like actual women's atom weights, whereas there are like two actual women's featherweights. Yeah, um, true. And like one women's lightweight. I remember when that was going to be a thing, when yeah. they were looking at Kayla Harrison. Yeah. But again, just one girl. You can't make yeah. a division of one girl. No. And we saw that off Cyborg. It will just be the same thing again. Right. I mean, I'm pretty happy to start calling things. Um. Great. Okay. Oh, that's great. Good stuff. It's been a long episode. It's very late, but I, you know, yeah, sorry, man. thank you for letting me vent and get all my story out there. And I think I covered yeah. mostly everything. And yeah, that's that's that. Are we saying we're back next week to? And talk about Emmett versus Tapuria. The oh. ugliest versus the most handsome featherweight. Oh. I was like, no, why would we talk about those two cards? But then you said Tapuria, who is the hottest featherweight, the hottest fighter in the UFC or in Mexican cards. Yeah. So we might have to. What's the week after that? Week after that is <laughs> Strickland versus Magomedov. Mm, yeah. Abbas okay. Magomedov. Because I'm like, Which do we I don't think go- we need to talk about that one. No, not that I think we need to talk about this weekend either. Maybe we say two weeks, and we can talk about after. Just well, we, we come back after Strickland versus Magomedov. No, we come back after Taporia. We come oh, back yeah, after right. Taporia, and then we'll do pre two yeah. obviously. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with yeah. that. Yeah, um, but who case, knows? Maybe we will be back next week, depending on if something crazy happens. So we don't. In, know. in which case, then I reckon this is the last time I'm going to be sat in this room. Doing a cool. podcast, yes, right. Moving, yeah. moving, moving, moving back home. Congratulations. Which I'm sure will pose a whole slew of new challenges, which will be fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. All right. Thank you, mate. Cool. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Switching Stances. Um, be sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. But if you are not mm-hmm. and you're listening to podcasts, if this is Raiders, give us a thumbs up, five stars, all that sort of stuff, depending on what platform you're on. Thank you for the support. Uh, and we will see you all in a week or two weeks for the next episode of Switching Stances. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.